0: I'm about to speak to David Patterson. He was our 55th governor of New York State. He came in in 2008. He replaced Eliot Spitzer. He was our first black governor and our first legally blind governor. And I love him. I also had dinner with him last night. Okay, David, you are our 55th governor. You were the first African-American governor. You were the first legally blind governor. Weren't you terrified
1: well, I think I was, I think you'd be terrified whether you were blind or whether you uh, were uh, disabled if people call you up at 1.30 uh, in the morning and tell you that the governor's resigning and you're going to be governor at 2.30 in the afternoon. I think that would just about scare anyone, and it certainly scared me.
0: <laughs> what did you oh seriously well i mean i've always meant to find out how this happened what happened how did you react
1: well um i had um come in to albany it was a monday morning march 8th uh march uh, 10th 2008 and um there was some event that the governor couldn't go to, and they asked me at the last minute to go for him, and I carried on about how busy I am, but I would go anyway. Lieutenant governors are never busy, Cindy. Don't let them tell you that they're busy. They're not. And But, but we have pride. We have pride. So I thought they should give me more notice. So I go and I do the event, and I come back. and Then I get this strange phone call around 12 o'clock in the afternoon, and they said that the cardinal was coming. One thirty, and he's got all the bishops, and he's supposed to meet with the governor, but the governor isn't going to be there on time, so I should take the meeting. So I said to my secretary, this man who worked for me, I said, what is wrong with you? When the cardinal comes to visit, it's a head of state, to head of state. You don't delegate in a situation like that. And I use an example. I said, that would be like if the Queen of England came to the White House to see President Bush, and he's busy, so he sends Cheney. That's not the way it works around. Here. <laughs> and, yeah. and they said, "Well, well, the governor said you could do the meeting. Take it. He gave it to you. Take it." I said, "Has everybody in this capital gone crazy?" Well, actually, it wasn't that everybody had gone crazy. It was that everybody knew that I was going to be governor in an hour. Except that the governor had said that no one should speak to me. He would speak to me himself. But now, down to a half hour. And he hasn't spoken to me, so his secretary calls me up, and he's mumbling. He would tell me <laughs> two months later the reason he was mumbling is he went in Spitzer's bathroom and tied a towel around his head to try to muffle his voice because he knows that if I become governor and no one told, him, I'm going to take it out on him because he's second in charge. And he says, "Look, governor, there's something about a prostitute, something about a scandal," but I couldn't make out all the words because he wasn't talking loud enough. So he texts secretary, his name was Charles, and Charles comes up, and when I opened the door to let Charles in the office, even I could see that he was completely red. (laughs) And he said, you know what's happening, right? I said, "Um, what was it, that they had an investment club and somebody invested in a prostitution ring or something or something? David, there was no investment club. He, he was with the prostitutes. Do you understand that? And I said, <laughs> yeah, I think I do. So I said, so what do you think I should be doing right now? He said, if I were you, I'd go and sit down at your desk, take out your pen and write some notes, which in about a half an hour, we're going to call your inauguration speech. <laughs> and that's how it all started.
0: <laughs> but if, if I'm, if I'm remembering, and of course I can't remember anything, wasn't there a time you couldn't even recognize the, your staff yes
1: what was that what was that story you know so i'm the governor and when you're lieutenant governor everybody ignores you so you know you try to start a conversation (laughs) with people they don't want to be bothered with you because you're lieutenant governor you know (laughs) and um i went to a reception i'd been governor for about two weeks and this gentleman came over and said gentlemen he said governor we have a suggestion for you and you, you could do this and you could do that and it would really help New Yorkers. It'd be great. So that's great. Give me your card. I'll call you. He goes, I work for you, governor. <laughs> oh, well, I was just testing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's funny. Were you, listen, David, I mean, I sit next to you all at dinners. I love you. We, we hug each other. You've been here. Weren't you terrified, actually terrified,
1: Um, I wouldn't say I was terrified by the fact that I was becoming governor. I'll tell you what made me terrified. Cindy, it was as if someone backed a Brinks truck up to the Capitol and dropped $4 billion on the ground. That's how everyone in Albany reacted to Spitzer leaving. This was their power grab. So... For instance, I retreated to a home that I owned in Gilderland, which is 70 miles west of Albany, where my family and I would spend the weekend sometimes, and I'm barricaded in the house, and the boyfriend of one of the staff members, he's a lobbyist, he drives to the front of the house, and he's arguing with her that he needs to come and talk to me. It's very important. What could be very important at a time like that, unless it's (laughs) important to him? It's not important to me. So the next time he called her phone, I answered, and I said, Bob? I'm going to let you come in and talk to me. You have five minutes, and that's how, that's how long you have for the next four years. He goes, oh, then maybe this isn't a good time. I'm like, right, Bob, get the hell out of here. <laughs> Cindy, let me tell you how bad it got.
0: Let yeah, me tell you how bad ahead. it got.
1: The one, yeah. one time, I, I, I'm not going to say who it was, but a major statewide figure called me up like 10 times. And he says, I got to see you. I got to see you. I said, listen, come on. You've been around like me. Give me a couple of weeks to settle in and whatever it is we'll deal with. It. No, we got to deal with it right now. So I make him come in on a Saturday morning. And he says to me that Spitzer was going to make him the head of this agency on June 1st, 2008. But now that Spitzer has gone, maybe it's not going to happen. I said, no, if that's what Spitzer was <laughs> going to do. I'd be happy to do it. You'll be great. Well, about a week later, the man who was running the agency at the time called me, and he said, Governor, I've never cursed at a governor in my life, but, but if I could, I would do it right now. I said, what's the problem? He said, if you wanted me to leave as a gentleman, all you had to do was call me up and tell me you got someone else. But no, all your people are rigging it so that I leave on June 1st. I said, but the guy told me that nobody knows about this. He said, well, I didn't know about it. And he said, I don't think the Spitzer knew about people. The whole thing was a farce, Cindy, to try to pou- grab that position that this man had always wanted. And I oh. had to be the one to, that took the hit for it.
0: Listen, I, there are so many stories. I Please, I, I know I remember a story about an ex-wife who got you in trouble. What is it I remember? I remember some damn thing. Well, no,
1: she didn't get me in trouble. I got myself in trouble. You're always in uh, trouble,
0: yeah. So what was the story?
1: After I came out of office, there was a daughter of a woman that I went to law school with, and she was trying to get into the law school that we went to, and I was able to help her get in. So she takes me out to dinner to thank me, but she's 25, and she's dressed like she's 25. And... um, I'm sitting there with her and this woman comes home and says, hi, David, how are you? And it was dark in the restaurant. I said, oh, I'm sorry, I don't remember your name. And she said, you don't remember my name? I was married to you for 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) My former wife, (laughs) (laughs) Michelle.
0: But you you can't see a damn thing anyway. So how could you uh, recognize anybody? I, well, that night, I
1: certainly didn't recognize her. And then I said to her, oh, so Michelle, what brings you here? She goes, it's Denise's 60th birthday. Well, Denise was a close family friend, but I know that Michelle and all these women are sitting around the table, and I'm sitting two tables away with a woman who looks like she's one-third my age and only has one-third of her body covered. So finally, when we got to leave, I went over to the table, and I said to, them, to my wife and her girlfriends, the ladies... I'm leaving the building so you'll have to find something else to gossip about.
0: (laughs) <laughs> david you 're so ad- you are adorable, uh, you are adorable. Tell me also i 've been to the mansion. I was there with Mario Cuomo, and I know the mansion. Did anything naughty ever happen in the mansion david nothing nothing
1: naughty happened in the mansion, but I sure felt like it I sure felt like it was naughty because in the governor 's bathroom they have a hot tub and the staff kept telling me go in the hot tub it's wonderful you feel great it's great massage but but, the hot tub had been put in by governor mario cuomo and the current attorney general was attorney general andrew cuomo so i figured as soon as i got the hot in the hot tub and i threw a switch i'd electrocute myself So, so, but one night I went to the gym and I was, you know, exhausted. And I thought, boy, it would be nice to go in that hot tub. So I turned the hot tub on. And in. I'm sitting there with the bubbles. And all of a sudden I hear these noises. And these lights are going on and off. And I literally... Cindy dived dove out of the hot tub on the floor. <laughs> I thought I was going to be electrocuted. I get up and I I put a <laughs> I put a bathrobe on and I call the state police who are, they they're outside. And I said, "Could you please come in here and shut this thing off cuz I don't know how it works." And he said, "No, governor. No. We don't come into the mansion unless you know there's some police action. But each staff member picks a night where they're on duty, so we'll call the person who's on duty and we'll have them sent over. And I said, I said, it's late. That's okay. They said, no, Governor, we'll do this for you. Just sit there. Twenty minutes later, I hear someone come in. I hear them come up the stairs. They go through the front door of my bedroom. And it's the only staff member who is under thirty and female. And I'm thinking, (laughs) oh, this is just not going to work out well tonight. (laughs) So she she says, "Come on, Governor, let's go look at the hot tubs." We go in the room. I'm still in my bathrobe now, and she gets on the side of the hot tub and she leans all the way down because it actually goes below floor level. And this woman... Well, what the hell do you
0: know? You don't see anything anyway. What the hell do you know? You can't
1: see... I, I knew that that tub went below a floor level, that she's leaning all the way down. And I'm sitting and I come up, as I've always thought, when there's a problem, you have to have a plan. And my plan is if this woman falls in this hot tub and seriously hurts herself, number one, I'm going to drag her out of the tub. Number two, I'm going to fill the tub with hot water. Number three, I'm going to take an electric iron, plug it in, and throw it in the tub. <laughs> and number four, I'm going to jump in behind it because no one would ever believe that she just came to my home at 1130 at night to fix the tub.
0: <laughs> Listen, the trouble with you and David is you're very boring as an interview. You never have anything to say. That's the basic problem. Okay. I'm going to work so harder, now, Cindy. I'm yeah, going to work Yeah, I mean, you're, you're just so boring. Could you tell me your opinion on today's governor's race? Uh,
1: so, Governor Kathy Hochul, I think, would be the odds-on choice to win the Democratic primary. Because uh, Tom Swasey, while he's a common-sense Democrat... Um, He just doesn't seem to connect with the public. And the other candidate is very far to the left, Jimani Williams. He's a charming individual when you meet him, but he's not going to connect either. So I think Kathy Hochul is going to win the Democratic primary. In the Republican primary, I think Lee Zellman is most likely going to win that particular primary. But I think that uh, Rob Astorino, and I have to admit, he's a friend of mine. Uh, he has the temperament to be a conservative and yet someone who can appeal to people on the other side of the aisle. And to win in November, the Republicans are going to need Democrats to vote for the Republican, as they did in Nassau County last year. And that was the end of the Nassau County executive, Laura Curran. Bruce Blakeman is now the county executive. So you're going to need that kind of temperament to win. Uh, I uh, served in the legislature with Lee Zeldin. He's great, but I just don't think he has it. Now, the other option is that former Governor Andrew Cuomo could come back and run as an Ah! independent. Ah! And uh, if he does that, I'm going to go right back to the mansion and jump in that tub and, 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 um, (laughs) and, and throw the iron in on it again, because honestly... You know, there are too many allegations for there not to be some credibility to some of them. I'm not saying that all the women are right, and I'm not saying that all the accusations are totally accurate. But there's a horrible, disdainful, toxic work environment under his uh, leadership that we don't need in this state. In fact, we don't need it in any company where employees are working for a living. Uh, But he he would have a chance if he runs as an
0: independent. Okay, I have to now t- say to you, you are very boring as an interview, and that's why I have to get rid of you, Governor, because you just have <laughs> nothing to say. So, get off the phone, and I'll vote I'll for you, you what, no matter what the hell you're doing, and I love you. Okay? Uh, I love you, you too. <laughs> and, um, you. Take- Thank you. Thanks, David. Goodbye.
1: (laughs) Did you have fun?
0: (laughs) I did, and I love you. Get off the phone.
1: (laughs) Oh, good. We'll do it again. Goodbye. (laughs) This is the old Bob Grant exit. Get off my phone. (laughs) Take care. Bye. Bye. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that